Yo, 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 what's going on? This is Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-W-V. Thank you for listening to Otaku Beef. We're going to jump right into this Game of Thrones Season 7, Episode 2 discussion. Oh, shit. This episode is packed, chock, full of everything. It's got death-defying feats. It's got intense romance, it's got drama, it's got conflict, everything. And we are gonna do a full spoiler recap of the episode, my thoughts, how I felt, how I feel right now. I love Game of Thrones. Uh, If you guys are new to Otaku Beef 1, I welcome you, thank you for listening. Uh, I actually do love everybody, so I, I, I just love that you take any time out of your busy day at all to listen to anything that I particularly would have to say. So thank you once again. Um, I love Game of Thrones. I've read all the books, and ever since last season, how we've pulled out of as far as the books have taken us into completely new territory, this shit is bananas. B A N A N A. Yo, so let's just jump right into it. One first thought, Sansa needs to sit the fuck down. This chick doesn't know when to say anything. So she disagrees with John. She tells him behind closed doors. He says, cool, okay, we'll figure it out. John does his thing. He's supposed to be ruling. And then she's in front of everybody. Hey, we can't do that, John. Like, whatever happened to United Front? This chick does not understand that it has nothing to do with telling someone what to do. It's about being unified and showing strength and being solid. She doesn't get that. That was the only thing that bugged me. And that's actually how I think they're gonna go with her character because I think they don't really know what to do. Uh, with her character right now, I feel like she's going to get a little bit darker. She's going to make some bad decisions and she's going to bring out the little finger in herself. And when she does, then she's going to, um, disappoint everybody. But then at the same time, she will probably come around in the end. Uh, that victimization thing is stuck with her strongly because she's had it rough. Um, on the other side of the world, we finally get Khaleesi with um, a lot of our favorite characters, Tyrion and um, Varys and, well, I don't know if Asha, uh, her name is Asha, right? Greyjoy? I don't know if she's a favorite character or not, for, not for me personally. Uh, in, the, in the book, I wasn't the biggest fan of her and in the... Um, in the show, I'm still not, and I think maybe it's just the storyline and the part she's playing just doesn't appeal to me as much. But she plays the part well, but super overzealous in um, the 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 womanizer that they make her they make her out to be. Which I guess this is how it would go. I don't know if I if I believe it or if it's just television cool. Same with like the young. The young bear, the, 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 the child Mormont, she's extra tough, and people are like, dang, this girl's a badass. And I'm like, I wonder if this, that, that throws me off a little bit because it doesn't feel real. And I know we're in this uh, modern world where we're supposed to act like people don't, on shows, don't act how they would act in real life. 
Um, but, you know, they're, they're trying something new and it works in a lot of ways in terms of like the fan audiences and stuff. But when you have a show that's this realistic, and yes, I said realistic, what makes a good fantasy is the realism. Not the realism of events and of magic or whatever, but the realism of character, of how people actually act, how they would actually react, genuineness of character, consistency of humanity. That's what makes a fantasy real. That's what makes every story real. So when I see some things like this, I'm like, uh, like how Senza's acting feels real. She's talking out of at an inappropriate time. She's acting on her emotional state at the moment. That's how real people act. Littlefinger trying to sneak up on everybody. He feels like a real person. Man, there's so much to say about this episode. Um, so right off the jump, you have Daenerys confronting Varys. Now, Varys was the head of the spies in King's Landing and his thing is that he had a web of what he called his little spiders um, or little birds I think it was yeah, either or they were the kids the poor uh, they would go and listen in on adults because adults didn't really pay attention when little kids were around and they would talk freely and then they would bring the information back for Varys and he treated them well and he gave them sweets and tried to look out for them as best as he could because he grew up that way. He grew up impoverished and such. So as a result, he always found himself trying to do what's best to keep the people safe. And Daenerys confronts him immediately and she's like, and you, uh, who was it that sent the spies to kill me? Knowing full well that he's the one that uh, helped Robert to try and kill her back in the day. And he was the one that indirectly hired Jorah Mormont to be her assassin. And she came at him harshly and he defended himself honestly and it worked out. What we, this is why this is so satisfying because it's been forever. In these books and in, these, in the show, the characters that we liked, the good, the good people, we've, all we've wanted is to see them meet up and how would things go if they actually meet, met up. So now we have two of the three fan favorite characters together, Daenerys and Tyrion, and they respect one another and they're looking out for one another. And Varys we've always liked, so they put him with them, and they're putting together the people that we appreciate in the stories, and it's going really well. Now, the fact that she has the council there, and they're actually doing something and trying out some plans is pretty cool. I liked how it portrayed. I don't know if it went out and executed as as well as it should have considering the end of the episode but we'll get to that soon I want to also talk about Sam so we we, we actually go to uh, Old Town I want to say first we see um, his dad um, walking with Jamie conspiring that he's going to be the uh, the Lord of the South once they help Cersei and he's like yes I'm I'm a loyal knight and blah 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 and he was like well we have to take out Alana Tyrell because She's conspiring with Unsullied and uh, with Dothraki, i.e. foreigners, and can't trust the foreigners. I mean, he's basically saying, build a wall. I mean, this, is, this whole show has slowly morphed into, an, into a very thinly veiled 
um, metaphor for how people feel about the current state of the world. I mean, it's obvious, um, obvious modern, modernized, ideal, ideal, um, idealized uh, feministic views, all the positive things that come from feminism, kind of like going against the patriarchy and stuff. And they use a lot of representation, a lot of, a lot of representation of who the patriarchy would be, quote unquote, to comment about about what is wrong with the current world. And it's not really that obvious anymore. It used to be a little bit in the past, but it's pretty well done. Sometimes it gets a little, a little out of hand, where I think the message becomes a little bit muddy, where uh, it's supposed to be about good people hanging together versus bad people, and not just everybody who is um, not physically like a minority or a woman or uh, disabled or dehumanized. Everybody who's just some guy uh, is evil by nature, which is kind of what they've done a little bit, but they don't they don't stick to that too much they, there's a lot of just good versus evil which I like which is sometimes I get a little heavy-handed and I roll my eyes I, I cannot lie and which is weird for me because I'm technically a minority but I just know too many I just know too many really nice and good and kind decent like white people for me to just be like well yeah everybody who's white is the enemy and everybody who's not is good. It's just, it grows a little bit tiresome. And I mean like white males particularly, but we'll get it. So I'll come back to the, um, to the talk on like the modern feminist uh, perspective, I'm sure. I don't like saying that that much because there's so many hot buttons. Uh, and when you bring up specific terms, people get instantly tense, they get mad. They're like, I don't feel like, but I mean, it's there it's present and um, I can't help what I see and I can't help what's not really even been hidden because I feel like I feel like we have so much just stress and anxiety already that we want to present the good ideas so that everybody can can experience this positivity and this love and this serenity from even the shows that are challenging their perspective like Game of Thrones so anyway uh, I wanted to talk more about Samuel Tarly. I love, love, love that he's trying to... Oh, yeah. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Game of Thrones talk. I love that he's trying to help Jorah Mormont get cured. And um, it was funny, too, because, like, my girl, she was all about that. She was like, man, I hope I hope that Jorah gets... I hope he's okay. And I was like, man, you just like because he's carrying Khaleesi's bags all the time. And she liked that, that he was, like, in love with her. But then she was like, it's okay. She, li- she likes the fact that this dude who can't have Khaleesi still is in love with her. And there's something about being seeing this other woman being admired uh, by someone who's totally devoted to her that she really likes. But um, Jorah is a very tragic character. He just cannot catch a break. He, if you know like his history from the book, let me tell you to you real quick, because he's had it kind of rough with women. Uh, with wives and who he's tried to go after. He doesn't have good luck with women, not like uh, Braun. Like, Jorah was the heir of Bear Island. His father was Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. 
He inherited Bear Island, and they, it's just a small island community. And one day, he went to King's Landing, and he participated in a tournament. And for some reason, he did really well. He started winning, and then he kept winning, and then he won the entire tournament, and this one princess just loved him and fell in love with him, and he was like, oh, amazing. And she was like, oh, I want to be with you. You're dashing, you're daring. So he, he marries her up. Brings her home to Bear Island, and then she realized it's mostly rocks, empty wasteland, there's no parties, there's no parades, and she's really high maintenance. So, he tries buying her a bunch of stuff, but then she's not happy, he's unsatisfied, so he's trying desperately to make more money, so he goes into slavery. He starts selling people to uh, people out in, um, in the free cities where... Um, uh, kind of Slaver's Bay and Ned Stark finds out about him and exiles him and so that's where he ended up and he was just a sellsword for many many years the shame of Bear Island pretty fucking wild so his second the second girl that he falls in love with is Daenerys he loves her so much he tries to do anything for her to save her to be with her she likes him but then she finds out that he betrayed betrayed her and so instead of him saying you're right I'm sorry he was like but I love you I, I love you so she exiles him he comes back he gets bit by a stone man now he has grayscale all she wanted to get back with her because he's so head over heels with her he was with that one whore who was dressing like her and now he has grayscale and he's just stuck living in a room and <laughs> He's so worse. He's had the worst life. He had a good life, but just making dumb choices because he he's just a lovesick puppy. And because he, of that, he puts himself in stupid situations, which cause him a lot of harm. So I feel bad for Jorah in a lot of ways. But I hope Sam gets him cured because that fucking treatment where he was basically scraping off, cutting away at the dead skin while he's awake, while he's drunk on rum, and trying, then he's gonna apply a topical ointment. That looked painful as shit. And I know that like usually, if something is painful enough, the body will help the person by shutting down so you'll pass out. That's happened to me when, happened to me once. I woke up, middle of the night, crazy pain in my back, crazy pain. And this was like five years ago. And then I just, it knocked me out. And I woke up again, I was like, like what? It was like middle of the night shit. It was weird, but my body just shut down because it hurt so bad. I can't imagine him staying awake during that procedure at all. Cause God bless Sam, but knock the man out, please. Hey, what's going on? I'm Zid Raw. Thank you so much for listening to Otaku Beef. We're doing some Game of Thrones talk, which the episode just ended. If you have not watched it, turn this off. Go watch it. Come back and listen to it. I'm going to publish the whole thing tonight as soon as I get done. You'll be able to listen to it in its entirety on iTunes. You won't have the music as if you were listening live, but that's okay. Because, you know, everybody has to do things in their own time. So, keep it going. I want to talk Arya because Arya is finally becoming the Arya that we wanted her to be in the books. She's chilling. She's hanging back. She's moving on her own. And... She had two cool revelations today. She had two great reunions. The first, we meet her in a tavern and she goes back to the tavern where Hot Pie lives. 
Um, Hot Pie was the, one of the boys she traveled with when she was disguising herself. When um, the uh, the guy, the recruiter for the Night's Watch was going to get more boys, he saved her so she didn't get killed by the Lannisters, killed or captured, and then shaved off her head and sent her to go and was taking her to the north to be with John. At the wall, he said he'd protect her. Uh, sadly, obviously he didn't make it and she was gone through some crazy shit. She had to get rid of her wolf and uh, she had to uh, go off on her own. So Hot Pie and Gendry were the two boys she was, she was friends with. Gendry was Robert's bastard and I don't know if he's ever going to come back. He might, but I don't really think they handled his character too well. Hot Pie, they put him in an inn. He loves spake, he loves sweets and breads and everything, and he just loves it. And so seeing her being able to run into him again and actually being able to see somebody that she cares about, who cares about her, who calls her friend, it's heartwarming, it's touching, and uh, it's pretty wonderful to, uh, to see. So that particular scene was wonderful because he gave her her first revelatory piece of information. She now knows that not only is Jon Snow alive, but he has Winterfell, he is the king of the north, and he is up there. So she's going up to see him. She changes her plans. She was going to go kill Cersei, but now she's going to go up to see Jon Snow, which is ironic, of course, because he's... Because of... We'll talk about that, too, in a second. I'm just realizing the irony, too. Where this is what George R. R. Martin has always done, where people get some good news and then they try and act on it, and then shit is just too late. It's out of their hands. You can't get what you want all the time. So anyway, she had that great scene. Hot pie took care of her, gave her one of his hot pies, uh, hot meat pies, and everything, and then gave her some ale, gave her that good news, and then Arya was on her way. We do some other stuff, then we pan back, and Arya is now coming. She's alone in the woods. She's making a fire, and then her horse starts going crazy. It's tied up. She breathes out the cold air, and I was like, oh, shit. It's a White Walker. She's fucked. She has fire. I'm, like, looking around. I'm like, is there anything she can use? She doesn't know how to fight them. She's never seen them before. I'm thinking her horse has got to get eaten by these White Walkers, but then, all of a sudden, she's surrounded by wolves, and then a gigantic dire wolf steps over the log and then she has a revelation this is Nymeria this is the wolf that she shooed away in season one so that it wouldn't get killed by Joffrey because Joffrey was being a little dick and he was gonna basically kill the uh, the kitchen boy or mess with the kitchen boy and then when she attacked when she attacked back Joffrey was going to was gonna slash him, but the wolf bit him on the arm, and then they sussed it up and ended up killing Sansa's wolf, Lady, which was the most fucked up thing, like, ever. And the fact that Cersei was all about that, I'm never going to not hate Cersei. Never, ever, ever. Ever. So, seeing this revelation, and then she's like, come, come with me, I'm going to the north, and then Nymerius recognizes who she is, but then walks away, calls off her wolf pack, and they leave. And Arya's like, I'll find you, girl. And I was like, yeah, you'll find her. Because who, with Arya shows up to the war with a pack of, with Nymeria and a pack of wolves. And she's fighting along Jon Snow and Sansa. Hopefully, hopefully, if they're still alive, shit. That would be amazing. But just those two scenes, man. 
Arya is slowly getting where she needs to be and not where they had her last season. Solidified, great characterization, interesting things to do. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So, let's talk a little bit about Jon Snow. He gets this message from Tyrion from the beginning of the episodes, where Tyrion is like, look, here's our battle plan. We need to get as many allies as we can. Let's reach out to Jon Snow. He's a really good man. If they're calling him King of the North, we really need to talk to him because from what I remember, he was super trustworthy, really kind. And then Jon Snow gets this letter from him and then he's like, well, what do you know about Tyrion? Sansa, you know him best. And Sansa's like, he was always really kind to me, but we can't trust Lannisters. And us, the fans, we're just like, yo, the Lan this is the one guy in the Lannisters you need to trust. This Jon Snow and Tyrion, we want them back together again. He says, he says, why do you read so much? He says, because a man, he says, he says, my weapon is my mind and a mind needs books like a sword needs a whetstone. That is why I read so much Jon Snow. They have a rapport. That was episode one. John or two. John listens to Tyrion because Tyrion treats him truthfully and Tyrion respects John because John is honest and caring and a good person. We want to see them together with Daenerys. So him going down there is awesome. Will he make it safely? I have no idea. You don't just make it anywhere safely in Game of Thrones. It just doesn't happen. So anyway, John is going with his gut, which I love because it seems like his gut is taking him in the right places this season. Um, it's going to be dangerous and it's going to be tough. I hate the fact that Arya is going north when John's not there because... It's one thing for her to be in the same room as Sansa and Littlefinger, but Jon is the one that she really trusts. He's the one that can really bring her into the fold and make her feel like she's at home once again. Despite everything that's happened, that's three Stark children there. And then obviously Bran is somewhere. He'll probably be next episode. He's at the wall. But when they're aware that there's still four Stark children alive, looking out for the north i think that it's just going to be impactful we're going to have our pieces in place and then we're going to be able to see this force go against the force of cersei and her ridiculous 12. um i like i i honestly can't wait to see john meet daenerys because what i'm thinking is that they're going to meet and there's going to be initial conflict because neither is really going to want to they're going to respect the other person, but they're going to appeal to, hey, we need this at the north. And she's going to say, hey, you need to bend the knee. And he's going to say, okay, but we need this dragon glasses, make a deal, something, something, something. And then it's not going to go work. And then they're going to conflict. But then the end of an episode, they're going to realize that they really like each other and they're going to be cool as shit. And I cannot wait for that moment. That's the moment we all been waiting for. A lot of people have been shipping those two. If you don't know what shipping is, it's relationshiping, where people would, will take different characters from fandoms and partner them together, like uh, Jon Snow and uh, Daenerys, like... Um, I don't know, Jamie and Brienne, they'll just partner them together and be like, wouldn't it be fun if this person was with this person and so forth and so on. Um, speaking of shipping, Masinde and Grey Worm, it's working for me, 
But it's a little not working for me because I can't help but think about it almost technically from he's a eunuch or he was cut at least. So he doesn't have testosterone to the extent as like a normal uh, uncut male does. So is she is he really going to desire Masinde the way he does or does he just love her as a person and like what's the pulling desire from him because as a male you feel a rush with the testosterone kind of flooding through your system. So anyway, just a small little minor detail. I uh, I do appreciate the fact that they're doing some interesting stuff with Grey Worm. They could have just made him just like a byproduct who's just like a, a, a Talisi soldier pup, a Khaleesi soldier puppet, but he's not. Um, so let's jump into this last final segment of the show because I felt like it was done very well in that Game of Thrones way to let you know that despite all the good, a big load of bad is always around the corner if you're not careful and even if you are. So thank you for listening to this Game of Thrones special edition episode of Otaku Beef. We're doing a full spoiler recap. This is the final segment where we are going to discuss what happened with Theon Greyjoy and with Asha or Asa Greyjoy and everything that went down with them on the high seas. So the plan is for them to escort um, the new Queen of Dorne home, pick up a Dornish army, bring them back so that they can use the Dornish army and the Tyrell army surround Casterly Rock and stand off, starve out Cersei and her people until the people willingly hand Daenerys over the throne at the same time. The Unsullied are heading to King's Landing to take King's Landing and we don't know if Grey Worm's going to be safe because he just got laid. So you know how it goes. When you get when you have sex, you may die in, in movies and TV. So I don't know if he's going to be safe or if everything's going to go right. And speaking of going right, nothing is going right so far. This is the start of their plan. And her her and Theon's uncle, Yoron Greyjoy, literally invades them and takes over and just destroys them destroys their army on the high seas he his his ship rams their ship takes them over kills tons of people they kill two of the of the dornish um princesses the two two of the sand vipers uh in battle and it was so crazy because they're fighting and he basically just overpowers them they they take out a couple of guys but you know he's he's crazy he's 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 an intense warrior and as they're as they're 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 fighting uh, asha does everything she can to try and like fight her uncle but he eventually overpowers her too and eventually theon is left face to face and then he's just looking around and he's shaking and then his uncle's like come on come on you he says come on you you cockless coward uh, and give and, and come i've got her Come, come after your uncle. And then Theon just looks at him, looks at the bodies, looks at the war, and just jumps off the boat into the water. The hell? After all this talk of this prote- being a protector. But that's consistency of character, man. He hasn't really grown. Theon hasn't really grown. He's still terrified of experiencing anything else that's even close to Ramsay Bolson, who tortured him for who knows how long the 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 absolute 
craziest person in Westerosi, a legitimate uh, psychopath, like a legitimate psychopath who took pleasure in torturing, killing and maiming uh, and charming, but in killing and maiming like a sociopath with a brain, whereas Joffrey was just a sociopath uh, due to, you know, the inbreeding and everything. The Mad King Joffrey, basically. So they have this crazy battle scene, ships versus ships, bashing into each other, fire through the air, flags burning. Now, I must confess, when the Game of Thrones books started to get a little too expansive, I didn't read any of the Iron Island stuff. I just skipped it. Bored the shit out of me. Stuff being on seas and on ships and stuff, I don't like lingering in that environment too long. It doesn't interest me. And the fact that the character of Asha I didn't really care about as a character, my cup was already filled with characters to care about. I just skipped them and moved on. Especially because that was the book that didn't have any of the main characters in it. No John, uh, no I want to say no Daenerys or no Tyrion, but this was a feast for crows. So anyway, seeing it live action is better for me for um, ship battles. That's not really my favorite subgenre of this genre, but it was really spectacular. I just loved the fighting. I loved how it went down. I loved how violent and intense and straightforward and blunt and cruel those guys were. Whereas she has an army too. But his armory was just too hardened for her. She couldn't make it, she couldn't sustain, and she basically got taken over. So they captured the Queen of Dorne, the new Queen of Dorne, and the, uh, one of the Sand Vipers. They cap he captured his niece, Theon's in the water, and that's where they left us. We don't know what's gonna happen next week. So, Game of Thrones is killing it. I'm loving it. I hope you guys are watching it. Thank you for listening to Spoiler Review, and uh, tune in next week. You know, we'll be doing more Game of Thrones. Tune in every day. I'm Zid Raw Otaku B.